This morning we continue our sermon series, Timely Answers to Tough Questions. In it, if you've been following along, we have looked at biblical answers to important questions, to relevant questions being asked today. So far in our series, we've looked at the questions, is the Bible still relevant today? Uh, the next week we look at the question, am I saved? What does it mean to be saved? What are we saved from? Uh, the next question was, what happens when you die? What happens when you die? The next week was, is my baby in heaven? Is my baby in heaven? Um, next two weeks we're going to look at, what does God say about homosexuality? Uh, next week after that we're going to see, what is the Christian response to transgenderism. Well, today our question is, what is the truth about racism? What is the truth about racism? When we look around today, uh, it is very easy for us to see our nation is divided. In fact, it is easy to say division actually marks our day. As you watch the news, as you read the news, you see division marks our day. We are divided ideologically politically, economically, socially, and woven into all of that, in the midst of those things, we are divided racially. And the impact of that divide is huge. And here is what I want to tell you this morning. We are being played. We are being played. Today, Satan and the world have made a distinction that does not exist, and they have made division that wrecks havoc in the lives of people. And I want to tell you, we have bought into that as a culture, as a nation, as a people. We are being played. You might say, well, okay, even so, what does this have to do with the church? What does this have to do with us as Christians? Why are you taking up this issue in your pulpit? Well, here's what we need to be sure of about this subject. The subject of racism, listen very carefully, the subject of racism has gospel implications, meaning left in a state of untruth and left open to abuse, it has and it will lead people to miss Jesus. Now, it's that big of a deal. If we do not expose this to the truth. We leave it in the state in which it exists. It will, as it has done, lead people to miss Jesus. It's that big of a deal. Like all issues of non-truth, it has gospel implications. And so today we come and we ask, what is the truth about racism? What is the truth about racism? I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stay with me for a word of prayer as we begin this morning. What is the truth about racism? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come, we are thankful for a hope fixed in Jesus. We're thankful for a truth knowable in your word, living and active, speaking today, relevant today. Lord, I pray as we begin to, to look at this subject, I pray, Lord, that we would be shaped. I, I pray if we have to be, we would be corrected and I pray that the fruit of this hour would be you would be able to speak. And it wouldn't be my, my interpretation. It wouldn't be uh, the, the thoughts of a church, but it would be the very words of God. 
And I pray, Lord, that we be built up today, that we be set on solid ground today. And I pray the fruit of that is that Jesus would be known and Jesus would be glorified. Lord, we give you this hour. We're thankful for it. We pray that you move in it, you speak through it, and that you're glorified in it. We love you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So we start off today, you might want to know, and the, and the world for sure would want to know, uh, how am I qualified to speak on racism? The world would say that. How am I qualified to speak on racism? What authority do I have to speak on racism? I am a white male. What could I know? Uh, what answers would I have? Well, let me just go ahead and say this, and I'll just say it up front, and we'll clear the board. I am not qualified. And I have no answers, and I have no authority, but I want you to hear this. But I'm going to show you what God has said. And I want you to be very sure this morning, he has all authority, and in him we're going to find the answer. And so you want to know what I'm going to say? I'm going to try and not say anything, but I'm going to try to point you to what God has said. He has all authority, and in him we will find our answer. Be sure today, the reason this issue exists, and the reason it is growing is because we have looked everywhere for the answers, but to the one who truly has the answers. Now listen, this is, a, this is a real issue. It is a growing issue, and the reason it's growing today is because we're looking everywhere for the answers, but to the one who has the answers. The NAACP, Black Lives Matter, the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, the leading as sociologists of the day, they do not have the answer for this issue. Our answer is going to come from God, and we're going to find it in his word. Let me tell you this. That's good news. That is good news. We're going to find the answer, and we're going to find it in God's word. All right, to start off this morning, the question is, what is racism? What is racism? If we're going to sort out the answer... We're going to need to be sure this morning, what are we talking about when we talk about racism? What is racism? Well, here's a couple of definitions. The first one is this. Racism is prejudice or discrimination against a person or people on the basis of their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group. Racism is prejudice or discrimination against a person or people on the basis of their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group. Another definition, let me give you another one. Another one is this. The belief that different races possess distinctive characteristics or qualities so as to distinguish themselves as inferior or superior to one another. Now remember, those are the, those are the two textbook definitions I found. Now remember... Our goal is to see what God says, and so we're going, to keep, we're going to keep on, we're going to move on talking about this definition. I want you to be sure of this. Racism, listen to me, it is an attack on the Bible. Racism, why is it a big deal? Why should we be concerned? Why are we talking about it in church? Racism, embracing racism, practicing racism is an attack on the Bible. That is why Satan loves it. That is why Satan promotes it. Now, what I mean by that is this. 
Racism is to reject the truth of what God has said in his word, and it is to deny the validity and the substance of scripture. Folks, hear me very well this morning. If you embrace racism, you cannot claim to believe or uphold God's word as truth. Now, I want you to hear that. I'm going to say that very clearly this morning. If you embrace racism, you cannot claim to believe or uphold God's word as truth. Now, we're going to explain that a little bit more here in a second. But I want us to be very sure starting off today, racism is an attack on the Bible. Now, let me say this. What a sham it is and what a lie it has been for some to hold to God's word and even to use it to promote or excuse or overlook racism. And some folks say, well, sometimes the church has promoted racism. Yes, indeed it has. Some folks have taken the word of God and said, this distorted can help us overlook racism, can help us even promote racism. What a sham that is, what a lie that has been. Racism is an attack on the Bible. Be sure of that. Racism is an attack on the Bible. All right, second, understand this. Racism is a sin. Racism is a sin. Let me be very clear on that. It is always a sin. It is counter to the plan of God. It is opposed to the truth of God. And it is in a rebellion to the person of God. It is a sin. Is God neutral on it? No, he hates it. Is God silent about it? No, he abhors it. Racism is a sin, and anyone found in his practice is found sinning. All right, the next thing is this. Racism, do not be fooled, racism is of Satan. Racism is of Satan. In fact, I'll tell you, racism looks like Satan. Think about that for a minute this morning. Satan, what does he deal in? He deals in hatred. Satan instigates division. I'll tell you this, anytime you find division going on, you're going to find a work of Satan. Satan instigates division. Satan loves strife. He loves conflict. Remember, he, he leads a third of the angels to revolt and leave heaven. He is an agent of hatred and division. Satan promotes pride and jealousy. And racism looks like Satan. It is ugly, it is evil, it is gross, and racism looks like Satan. So if that's what racism is, what is the answer? If that's what racism is, it, racism is what is the remedy, and where do we go from here? Now listen, I want to tell you, this is, this is where this message turns and becomes a message of good news. Listen to me. Have you ever noticed, and I hope you've been noticing this the last several weeks, have you ever noticed that God's truth is always good news? And it may be hard and it may be confrontational, but God's truth, when it is embraced, is always good news. You're going to find peace and you're going to find hope and you're going to find a foundation that will stand when you turn 
to God's truth. God's truth will always lead us to good news. Well, listen to me. In this issue, there is good news. Listen, don't fall into the trap of discouragement. Do not buy the narrative of the culture and do not listen to all those who would divide us, even those that profit from our division. Now listen, there's some folks that they love division, but there's some folks that I think in this evil, messed up world, they found a way to actually profit from our division. You watch the news today, and what do they focus on? What do they tell us? And we start to think, well, this is hopeless. There's no answer here. There's no remedy here. Listen, the good news is this. There is an answer. There is an answer. That's good news. All right? So here we go. What is the answer? What is the answer? Step one. Step one is this. Y'all probably already know I'm going to say this. Step one is this. Go to God's word. Go to God's word. Go to the authority. Our answer will be and is found in God's word. So listen, go to God's word. Now let me tell you, and I just, I just started pulling some stuff out and, and putting it together. Let me tell you what God's word says. Here's what God's word says. All people are created by God in his image. Now I want you to hear that. All people are created by God in his image. Now, what that means is all people have value. All people are created on purpose and for a purpose. All people are created to be in fellowship with God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man, humans, people, mankind. Let us make man in our image according to our Likeness. The Bible says people are created by God in his image. Let me tell you this. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter where you venture out to. You will never meet a person. You will never find a person not created by God in God's image. All right? Listen to this one. This is a big one. Man, the world's messing this one up. The world's, the world's buffaloing us on this one. Listen to this one. The Bible says there is only one race. Do you know that? The Bible says we have those cards. You go to the doctor, you go fill out something, go fill out for insurance, and it'll say race. This, 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 have all these descriptions. Sometimes it has other at the end. Do you know what a joke that is? The Bible says there's only one race. How do we know racism is a lie? How do we know it's a rejection of God's word? Because according to the Bible, according to God's word, to the creator himself, listen to me, there is only one race, the human race. Now listen, I want you to hear this. There are differences in color, yes. Depends on how much melanin people possess. That's amino acid that causes you to be darker or lighter. That is decided by how far our ancestors or we ourselves live from the equator, closer to the sun. Now, there are differences of color. Listen, there are differences of color, but there's only one race. There are cultural differences, but there is only one race. 
There are differences in language. The Bible tells us where we get to that point. There are differences in languages, but there's only one race. Do you know if you take the DNA, the genetic differences between all humans found on the planet, right now, go anywhere on the planet, go to any set of folks, the the genetic differences between all humans found on the planet, there's less than a tenth of 1% of difference in their genetic makeup. Did you hear that? 99.9 ivory soap is like that. There's less than a tenth of a percent of a genetic difference in any person living anywhere on the earth. Dark skin, light skin, tall people, short people, from this continent or that continent, from this town or from that village, there is only one race. I want you to hear this. And any other teaching is a lie. Any other teaching is a lie. I want you to consider this. How just like Satan, to make people hate people for a reason that does not even exist. You know, he's the master deceiver. He's the father of lies. That's what the Bible says. How crafty is that to turn people against people, to fix people against people for a reason that does not even exist? Folks, we are being played. We are being played. Next time you get that deal, mark an X on the whole deal. There's only one race. I've got some time. It's spring break. We've got a lot of time. Where does this come from? Here's what I never heard. So I'm going to just go ahead and be honest with you. Where does this come from? I never heard anybody say this. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. This goes back to the teaching of Darwin's evolution. You want to know where it comes from? Now, racism's always existed. This is where it has flourished. Since the 1900s, this teaching has grown and it has increased throughout the years. It is now the predominant, ask anybody, you know this, it is the predominant theory of creation. Well, let me tell you what Darwin's evolution says. Darwin's evolution says people, now I can tell you a whole lot of stuff, but I'm going to narrow it down to this window. People have evolved from apes. That's what it says. People have evolved from apes. Darwin's evolution says some people are more evolved and some people are less evolved. That's what it teaches. You can go over to this group and they're not as evolved as some other folks, but you can go to this group and hey, they're more evolved than other folks. And listen, being a system made and taught and implemented by white men The most evolved people on earth, what were they always? White men. That's how it's worked. That's what they've taught. Let me tell you this. You can go look it up. I'll challenge you to do it. Post it on Facebook this afternoon and see what happens to you. Darwin, in print, actually taught that black colored people, darker colored people, evolved from savages Now, savage, that's his word for a less intelligent gorilla. 
But white people evolved from the most intelligent primate, the chimpanzee. That's actually what he says. It's written in print. I want you to think about his book, The Origin of the Species. You ever hear that title? Maybe you never heard the subtitle. Here it is. The Preservation of the Favored Races and the Struggle for Life. Folks, listen to me. We need to open our eyes. And I'll just tell you right now, when you teach that some people are born smarter or better or more evolved than other people, and when that becomes the teaching in all of our schools, and when we teach it to our little kids, and when it becomes the teaching in our universities and the foundation for our medical belief, let me tell you what you're going to end up with. You end up with elitism and prejudice and hatred and division and rage. Listen to me, friends. We've been played. Let me tell you what would have happened if we just stuck with the Bible. If we'd have stuck with the Bible, we'd know there's only one race. And we'd know that race was created by God in the image of God, known by God, loved by God, built to be in fellowship with God. Nobody has a better position than anybody else. There is only one race. Racism is alive, Satan. Promoted by the world, fueled by the world. The first step in our answer is go back to the Bible. Let me go on the record here. Sometimes I don't, well, I'm not on the record. I want to be on the record on this. You can tell everybody what your pastor thinks. Let me go on the record. Cross-species evolution as the explanation for life is a lie from Satan. Put my name with that. First step, go back to the Bible. We should have never left it. Go back to the Bible. Second step is this. What's the answer? Second step is this. The second step is to repent and seek forgiveness. Repent and seek forgiveness. Racism is a sin, but I want to tell you, the good news is Jesus is the remedy for sin. Go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. The Bible says we're to show no favoritism. It says that in several places. James chapter 2, verse 9, but if you show partiality, you're committing a sin. If you've walked in pride and looked down on others, if you have exhibited prejudice in the past, if you've been pulled into the division and the hatred of racism, here's your remedy. Let me tell you what you do. You admit it, you confess it to God, and you honestly seek his forgiveness and his power to repent, his power to change and to leave it. You trust it to Jesus. Let me tell you what he'll do. He'll forgive you, and he'll restore you, and he will empower the change of your heart. Listen, what we need is a change of mind that fuels a change of our heart. Guess what? Jesus will empower that. Friends, I want to tell you right now, the greatest harm is that people who claim Jesus, who claim the grace of Jesus, who claim the gospel of Jesus, have hurt his name and have marred his gospel by living in racism. You don't know what the, the, the greatest damage is folks that carry the name of Jesus, that have said they uphold the word of God, that have preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, and yet they've lived in racism. God forgive us. God forgive us. All right, so the answer, turn to God's word. Line up with God's word. The second answer, repent 
Seek forgiveness. The third part of the answer, listen, is, is this. The third part of the answer is then imitate Christ. Imitate Christ. Now, I want you to see this. Satan has devised this evil ploy to disparage the image of Christ. He has, he has introduced racism so that it would mar the name of Christ, that it would, it, would, it would cast a shadow of doubt on the followers of Jesus Christ. It actually disparages the image of Christ. And the way that we repair it is to live abiding in Christ. The way that we repair that is to live actually imitating Christ. Now, I could give you a lot of stories, but I, I thought about a couple. Remember the story in John chapter 4. One time I preached through that whole book. John chapter 4. The Jews hated the Samaritans. And we, we say that and we hear that. I don't think we understand the, the gravity of that. They hated the Samaritans. They counted them actually less than dogs. It was better to be a dog than it was a Samaritan. They would travel a day to go around Samaria, to not go through it. Oh, not my good feet. They're not going to set foot there. Oh, I'm too good to go through there. Those folks are filth, and they despised them. Remember John chapter 4, what Jesus does? I must needs go, and he steps off into Samaria. And you know what? He doesn't go around, and he doesn't try to avoid them. He goes to Samaria, and it's there that he meets the woman at the well. Remember how the Jews saw the tax collectors? I don't think we understand this as well. Oh, they hated the tax collectors. They were, they were turncoats. They were traitors. They were sellouts. They considered them filth. They hated them. Oh, they hated them. Remember Luke chapter 19? Jesus stops at a tree and he tells the chief of those tax collectors, Zacchaeus, come down. One of my favorite verses, salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. He doesn't write him off. He doesn't pass him by. He doesn't overlook him, though the world overlooks him. The world hates him. He stops and he tells them the good news. Think about Satan on the other hand. Think about this. Satan inspires division. Jesus calls for unity. Satan promotes hatred. Jesus tells us to love, and then he tells us what it is, what it is to have true love. Satan builds pride. Jesus comes along and he models true humility. Satan says, me first, and he's steeped in selfishness. Jesus says, Christian service is to put others ahead of yourself. Satan comes along and he, he likes prejudice. He likes exclusion. Jesus comes along and he gives grace to those even that would offend him. Satan is all about separation. Jesus calls for fellowship. The answer is to imitate Jesus. How are we going to have a, a remedy to this? What's it, what shape is it going to take? It's going to take us actually imitating Jesus in our daily life, in the speech that we use, in the jokes that we tell, in the care of others to actually imitate Jesus. Remember when I said this was a gospel issue? Be sure you can't preach the gospel and operate in racism. You cannot show the love of Christ and operate in racism. It is not possible. You can't claim to have the good news 
and yet live in racism and walk around as an agent of bad news. You can't claim to uphold the light when you're living in the darkness of racism, the sin of racism. Believers, listen to me. How we respond in this matter has great gospel implications. I want to end this morning by saying this. This isn't a sermon to hear and say, well, that's good. Some new information. That's good. That's not what this is about. This isn't a thing to hear and agree with and say, I agree with that. I'm going I'm to try and do better about that. Listen, as believers, this has to be our heart. And it has to fill our mind with God's word. It has to become our speech. It has to show up in our actions. Today, this afternoon, next week, two months from now, at the end of the summer, we imitate Christ. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. I want to say something to churches. And I, I don't know how many will hear this. I hope some do. Maybe, maybe it gets out some way. But I want to say something to churches. The lost world is watching. And they see fakeness if it's there. And they see the hypocrisy of claiming to love and yet showing prejudice and hatred. Now, here's what I want to tell churches. Listen very carefully. Unity is not found when the predominantly white church invites the predominantly black church over for one Sunday a year to sing in the choir and to have a fellowship. Now listen, that's fine, that's good if that's what you want to do, but that's not where unity is found. Listen to me. Unity is found when the predominantly white church and the predominantly black church so love and so serve and so minister and so fellowship in the example of Jesus Christ that the makeup of the church takes the shape of the community that it exists in and they don't know what to call us but predominantly Christ church. That's the answer. That is the answer. God forgive us. God help us. Now, I want you to see how this works out this morning. I want you to see why this matters. I want you to see how it plays out this morning. There is only one race, the human race. Don't believe any other lie. There's only one race, and it's the human race. And listen to me, there is only one problem for that human race. Some folks say, well, it's a problem of education. Well, it's a, pro a problem of opportunity. It's some other problem. Listen, there is only one problem for that one race, and that is the problem of sin. The Bible says we have all sinned. All of us have sinned. The Bible says in our sin, we have earned a punishment, death, separation from God. And so with this one race, with this one problem, the problem of sin, listen to me, the gospel of Jesus Christ is there is one remedy, there is one Savior, and his name is Jesus. And I want you to hear me this morning. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what your lineage is. I don't care what your past is or your present is. I don't care how dark your skin is. I don't care 
care what your individual sin is. I don't care what your language is. I want to tell you the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you will trust him in faith, he will save you. He'll save you. There is one race, and there is one problem, and there is one Savior. His name is Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. Lord, I'm thankful for your truth. I'm thankful there's hope in your truth. There's peace, reconciliation, unity in your truth. Lord, forgive us for we've gotten off from it in pride where we've brewed in hatred, where we've used your word disgracefully to add to an agenda that doesn't exist. Lord, I pray that starting in this church and starting in these believers, there is a difference. And we reject any truth that's not God's truth. Then we stand on the truth of what you say. Lord, I pray that we show kindness to the human race, that we show love to the human race, not prejudice to the human race And I pray that that shows up in the greatest example that we'll tell them the gospel of Jesus to the human race. Lord, propel us in that. Lord, I pray if there's somebody listening today that doesn't know you, maybe in this room, maybe somewhere else, I pray that any hindrance will be removed. I pray that your word will have been made plain. Oh, what a day it would be. Lord, I pray it would be a day of salvation that would ring out today. Lord, we come and we're thankful that you didn't write us off, and you should have. You didn't cast us away, and you should have. But you're gracious and kind to us, and we thank you for that. I'm thankful for the model that we have in Jesus, that we do not have to grimace. We do not have to cast a blind eye. You are gracious always, kind always, loving always, forgiving, Lord, if we'll trust you in faith, humble, serving others at the cost of self. Lord, I pray that we would mirror that image and we would walk it out in our daily lives. Lord, we give you this service. We pray that you've spoken, that you continue to speak now. We trust it to you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna close our service with a time of response, a time of invitation. As I said, every one of these subjects has has a gospel conclusion, and the conclusion is the same. Jesus loves you. God sees you, he knows you, He loves you. He loves you so much he sent his only begotten son. He came, he lived a life where he never sinned. That he might go in our place in our stead to the cross of Calvary and pay for my sin and your sin. That's what he does there. It's paid for in Jesus. It's settled in Jesus. As he dies on that cross, he says, it is finished. It's finished in him. They place him in a grave. He's there, dead. The price is paid. Three days later, he walks out of the grave. He stands as the risen Savior, the hope of sinners. The Bible says this. Whoever we are, whoever you are, if you'll trust him, he'll save you today. If you've never done that, do that this morning. If you need more information, you come. Let's settle that this morning. Maybe you're here and you've made that decision, but you never fought in believer's baptism. You come, it'll be a great day of testimony, a great day of celebration, pointing to the truth of our gospel. Maybe you're here and you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it and you believe God has led you here. You come as well. Maybe today you want to come and just pray here at an altar. Maybe you want to pray with me. We, as we stand to sing, listen, if God is speaking to you, you step out. You come on. As we stand to sing, you come on. I'll meet you here.